last time on the ever-pleasant Mr. Bates. Oh, all right, Pumpkin Man. That was a warning shot. You know no one will ever read that, sir. And if those against you find it, they'll burn it. What have you done to them? They are my friends. My countrymen. You've risen them up against me. They can feel, the few of them that are left, that Mercy's Creek is dying. And it will be dead before morning comes. Because there are things moving in the darkness. And no home will be left untouched. The board is set. And the pieces are moving. Hello everyone, my name is Chester Lindner and welcome to the ever-pleasant Mr. Bates, a Dark Tides prequel, audio drama, horror, comedy, but now going to be mostly horror, uh, show brought to you from me to your ears every Tuesday, every other Tuesday. Hurrah. Hooray. <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> Hi, I'm Aubrey Lydon. I play Tuck Marsh. Uh, the bad-tempered, mm, almost perpetually <laughs> drunk Marsh, uh, who was very surprised that everyone sort of just followed the orders that he gave them last time. I think everyone was so surprised that somebody finally told them what to do. I think yeah. everyone followed orders, but Jess, mm. she kind of... She uh, tried. And then Liv really. was following them to the T, even doing Jess's orders, <laughs> and then Tucker's like, why do you have bullets? And Liv's like... Do! Buddy also didn't do, even, despite the fact that Buddy is like the most, yeah, sure, I'll help out. Mm. And Tully being the most mm. annoying, like, just like, yep, cool, straight away and did it. Mm. Yeah, that's because, like, I f- he forgot halfway through. <laughs> yeah. He has other things on his mind, like the deaths of everyone in town. There is that. Anyway, you know? back to Aubrey. Yeah. Uh, all right, Tuck's uh, favorite piece of clothing uh, is a Metallica t shirt. That he usually wears for about ten days straight and then washes. Cool. Oh yeah. Mm. Yep. Sweaty. Yep. Anyway. Anyways. Anyway. Uh, hello. My hello. name is Caleb. Oh hi. But Humphreys. Buddy Humphreys. I play Bud Buddy Humphreys. Um, <clears throat> classic Buddy. Uh, I realized recently that Bud is an actual expression Canadians use to refer to each other. Whoa, which, Canadian culture? Canadian culture. I knew we'd have some of that on this podcast. At some stage. Yeah. Um, so Maybe I'm going to retroactively be like, yeah, the whole time. It's it's yeah, it's yeah, a reference to that, 100%. Um, yeah, so Bud Buddy Humphreys, the lovable, hug, huggable mum friend of the group. Uh, I will also go with a, a clothing-related fact. Even though Buddy now makes enough money to, you know, live in a nice apartment, buy nice clothes, uh, have the food he needs to throw massive parties, things like that, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, uh, he still only has one pair of shoes at a time because that's just what he's used to. He 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 doesn't understand how people can have more than one pair of shoes. And when he does have more than one pair of shoes to choose between, he can't decide which ones to wear. And sometimes, occasionally, has just gone shoeless. Because it was... <laughs> or or wow. he picks one wow. of each. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, he still only has the one pair of shoes. And it's when that shoe wears out, he buys new ones. Cool. Beautiful. Nice. 
Hi, I'm Kate McJones. That's what I'm going by now. I play Jessica Harlow. She has not bad pink hair now, because um, she is not paying attention to the severity of what's currently happening. But that's okay, because we love her. Uh, fun fact about Jess is not a fun fact. It's a little short story. Um, so wow. Jessica loves her brothers, her four other brothers. Uh, many Harlows in this town. Um, and so when she was little um, and Derek was practicing, like, not practicing, um, what's the word? Training, yes, to be a police officer. She stole one of his shirts um, and now uses it as a PJ shirt. And he absolutely hates that he had to buy a whole new shirt oh, for training nice. because she stole his shirt. As in it's like a police academy yeah, it's a police sweatshirt academy, type yeah. of thing. Yeah. And she uses that as her PJs. Like, it's big enough, like, on her that it's, like... Just a very short, like, dress. What's fine for, like, PJs. Mm-hmm. I also like that we've named your brothers after the four Gospels of the Bible. And Derek and Ma- Jess. Matthew, Mark. No, Matthew no. is her grandfather. Oh, of course. Still, of course. Matthew, Mark, Mark Luke, and John, and Derek. <laughs> it's Mark, James, Luke. Wait, is there a John? No. What? Oh, is so it James? Her, her, James. Yeah. Oh, I thought James. it was John. So uh, Jess's Isn't, family no, is Holt Harlow, is her dad. Uh, Lydia Harlow is her mum. We've got Derek is the oldest. He is 38. He is 10 years older than Jess. Mark, who is the second oldest, 36. James, the third one, who's 31. Luke, the fourth, who's 29. Then we've got Beth, who is her grandma, and Matthew, grandpa. And that's the Harlow family. Matthew, grandpa, Harlow. <laughs> Matthew, grandpa, Harlow. Yeah, if I remember correctly, I asked Kate... Okay, what type of family are you going to have at the creek? So, you know, for people for me to work out who you're going to meet and all that. And she sent me that. And I'm like, okay, grandparents are dead. I'm not dealing with them. This person, <laughs> you're not going to see him. I'm not writing uh, this character. You get three at most. Well, okay, that's why I made um, one of them. Otherwise, it's just the Harlow family. It's, it's just the podcast. It's just the Harlow family. We could all have just played Harlow's. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I did say on the group chat, hey, it would be nice to have, like, a bro moment. Good thing we have so many male voice actors here. But yeah, yes. who definitely play Harlow mm-hmm. Brothers. Yeah. In a, well, yep. it's okay. I got rid of Mark. He moved out of town. And then I was like, uh, it's fine. Luke's a teacher, so we don't need him. So it was really, I was playing just for Derek and Mark. James, because James, James is the deadbeat who works in the hardware store. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> He's Derek's still in the, the policeman. He's the policeman. He's a policeman. Right. He's my favorite. Around the Schwovel. Oh, yeah, sorry. Schwovel. Schwovel. Yeah. Okay, fine. I'm not going to argue this. My call. Um, well, I am Megan, and I play Olivia Kelly, and I didn't until I actually looked up the definition of her name just now realise that her name means symbol of peace, and Kelly means bright-headed. So literally she has the most optimistic name, where it's like she needs to have the most eternally she sunshine a very... state of mind. <laughs> like, she needs to be the happiest-minded person. And she, she's like, yeah, that's what I portray. That's what I portray out. I'm outside. living up to my name. I am. I am. Yeah. Just, just, just not means, inside. God you bless won't. these rocks. <laughs> Jessica yeah. Harlow is God bless these rocks. Yeah. So you're feeling a little better than... <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I didn't realise that. And I was like, that actually really fits with her personality. And I'm quite happy with that. Just serendipity. Serendipitous mm. moment. Mm. 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 BJ. Is that... Oh, hello. My name is BJ. I play Tully Jackson, which is a name that I don't know the meaning of because I thought it sounded cool. And that was it. Uh, well, actually, I 
chose Tully and then it was like actually uh, you wanted to be Jess and I took Jackson. that yeah I was going to be Jesse Jess. Yeah. Jesse was my Jesse. Yeah, that yeah. Was my first Then you decided to be Tully, which doesn't confuse <laughs> yeah. at all with Tuck. We, when we did our meeting, we were going through, and I think you were before me, and yeah. so you're like, oh, I play Jess, Jessica Harlow. I was like, all right, well, I guess Jesse's out. Tully was my other option. I was like, I'm Tully. And then Aubrey's like, yeah, I'm William Tuck. Ma. I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, really? we, did, we did a lot of meetings and all of stuff and stuff to yeah. work things out beforehand. Anyway, um, yeah, that's Tully. My fun fact is that I, the real BJ, bought myself a chair because the patrons wouldn't do it. <laughs> So I, <laughs> they offered. We denied them the opportunity to do. I know. To buy we used the money for other things. So I finally uh, took matters into my own hands and bought my own chair with my own money. It's not here. Yeah, don't worry. It's not yeah, here. He doesn't get here. one it's, here. No, I still have to stand. I'm standing right now. Am I? Can't you hear from the sound of my chair swiveling? Prove it. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. The patrons brought two chairs. It arrived yesterday, and it's in a box in my lounge room at the moment. I'm gonna have to unpack it tonight when I get home. That's my fun fact. Thank you. Sorry to disappoint you, patrons. You deserve it. Excuse me, I'm sitting right here. Sitting right here. Yes. Yeah, we give money. The only girls job, in this guys. podcast are the patrons. Yeah. Can we just... Literally paid yeah. to be here. That's not a good message. It's yeah. a really bad message. And then I brought my own chair to sit on. <laughs> Wait, is that yours? Yeah. That's, what? That's her chair. This is my chair. No, I didn't. I did yeah, not know that. I just thought chairs. Chester and Aubrey got more chairs. No, no. We no, we're actually lazy for that. We're like, we're no. patrons. We I know you wouldn't get me chairs, chairs but like... No. BJ stood on that milk crate. <laughs> <laughs> Please, Papa. Ah, can I have a cushion upon the the, the crate? No. no. Here's a broken bottle. If you, <laughs> <laughs> if you better. Complaining, you'll turn it upside down. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, anyway, hello. <clears throat> thanks everyone for joining us. Could I at least I take my the bit of nails from last week, Father Aubrey? No, you get one nail. Have me sharpened. No. Please, Papa. <laughs> anyway, uh, welcome to episode nine, Let There Be Light Again.
the jack-o'-lanterns that lined the streets preparing for Halloween have all gone dark. Wind has taken the town, strong winds, and extinguished all of them. Those that are left are huddled in their homes, not sure why such a dark feeling has taken them. Fear of the outside. Doors are locked, windows too, blinds are drawn, but they don't know why. Why there is a feeling of decay, like the town beneath their feet is dead. They can hear things on the roof, coming down the chimney, coming up through the pipes. Things knocking at the door, whispering. They are coming. We return to Salem's Lodge. The crowd has departed, unable to get in. But left at the door is Cornelius Mendoza, who gets as close as he can, and he reaches and tears the remains of his arm off and places it on the front step, turns and walks away. We return to the group a few hours later Jess Olivia and Buddy you have found yourselves in the topmost room this was Olivia and uh, Amelia's room but Olivia has called and called and called and has not been able to get a line to Amelia in fact the phone line is dead No radio signals come in. The radio tower is dead. The cars that came before have switched off their lights and driven away. It has gotten late. You are tired and you are feeling very alone. Tia has reconvened to try and discuss matters Orlando stands at the back, looking out through a crack in the boards at the gazebo, tapping on his side. He holds the shotgun in his hand. He looks at it, and he hears echoing in his head the sounds of John Campbell dying. He squeezes the gun and looks back to the gazebo. Emily is pouring herself a cup of tea and turns back to the, the group of what remains of Tia and the decimated remains of the uh, agency team. Ben Mears is pacing back and forth. Gideon is pleading with him to swap places with his brother and Ben is saying again and again that they can't risk it. Amelia, you and Warwick are not sure what to do. 
You know that there is no escape, that there will be people bordering the town. Even if you drove with the crowds you saw before, they would just hurl themselves in front until the car couldn't move forwards anymore. You are outgunned. You are outmanned. And Bates seems to be in this fortress of bodies. You don't know how much of the town is left. But there can't be much. Uh, Emily is going to pass or work a cup of tea and sit down next to him. Well, this has got out of hand. We are running out of options fast. Let's look at this objectively. We have Norman Weaver. That's half of the goal, but we need to get him out. And we don't have Bates, who is our surprise second piece of the puzzle. And Bates seems to be some sort of hive mind creature. He's building a hive around him to protect himself. He's building a hive around himself. That's protection and intelligence. Even if we can get out now, the longer we let this run, the more of a problem it's going to be. Because, and follow my logic here, why would he stop at one town? One town provides him a certain amount of safety and assuming that his abilities would allow him the more space he takes over, the more people, the safer he is. Do you have any ideas? Orwick is sort of uh, sipping his tea very delicately. <sighs> well, that reminds me. Um, well, I'm not allowed to tell you any dates. Or locations. Or names of people involved. Um, but in one specific military operation that I was involved in, we had a very similar sort of situation. Uh, and by which I don't mean um, hordes of, of creepy people. Um, I mean getting pinned down, having no direct line out, and... Uh, yes. Here's my suggestion. We call in reinforcements, uh, the agency, tier, whoever we can get in a reasonable space of time, and we get them to airlift Weaver out. That's priority number one. And then... Emily lifts up her radio and flicks the switch, and there isn't even static. That's the problem. All right. Well, plan B it is, then. We kill Bates. If he'll be taken alive, we take him alive, but that's only if he jumps to that solution straight away. Otherwise, no dice. Sound good? Well, that doesn't exactly address a few other things. That pumpkin-headed person. That's... She can't be part of Bates's thralls. Too much agency. 
She's something else, which makes me think that there are more pieces at play here than we're seeing. And with those persona, it's going to be very hard to take on Bates. We need to separate him from the persona if we can. I think... I'm going to talk to Weaver. If he can give me any kind of insights, if there's a way we can get the persona away from Bates, that'll give us our best shot. We cut now to Emily and... Orlando up on the first story, or well, the top story of Salem's, as uh, Orlando is plugging in different things, pulling up a monitor, and he's flicking different switches, and he's typing into his computer, and he brings up a somewhat live feed of the web, of like the security cameras within the uh, tunnel. And you see something. You see bodies. As your security systems have gone off, killing people who are trying to get in. <sighs> Space rocks. So this connects in your mind. How did they know that Weaver was in there? No one's been in there other than that lot. Is Weaver still in there? Weaver is still in there. You can bring the feed up close to him and you can talk to him through it. So you're sure that nobody else has been through those tunnels except for that group of kids downstairs? I'm almost certain of it. Does that mean either somebody else has slipped past your security systems or we've got a mole inside? Uh I can speak to Weaver, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you hold down a like three different buttons, and yeah. you have to like keep turning a different valve to make it work. And your voice crackles through the speakers to Weaver. He doesn't react; but his eyes slowly drift yeah. to the camera. his head to one side (laughs) you have no control he slams off the thing just says I hate that guy so much (laughs) just jawless give him ability to speak what does he say sarcasm just (laughs) he he wait 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 uh, no. He goes to kick something but misses. Yeah, with his shoe. Yeah, he forgets foot. to like account for the extra range that the shoe would have given him. Yep. Is Emily gonna try anything? I'm gonna go down there and talk to him. All right, and we're but... gonna move him out of there. Because that's not safe. Or bring him in here. Obviously. Yes. Do you have somewhere we can secure him here? I think I might have a place. Okay. As you were looking at the feed, 
starts to go bright. Someone's turning the brightness up. And it goes. It breaks to stack. Alright, I'm going now. Yeah, let's 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 get move on. Uh Emily is not going to bother with doors. Emily is going out the window. Okay. Wait. <laughs> yes. Good. Orlando's gonna follow, but with a three. <laughs> You try to get over your desk and you fall over onto your monitor and it breaks underneath you and you go, ah! It's like an electric shock. So I would say he's following but very far behind. Yeah, okay. All right, uh, Emily, you throw open. There is a one of those like porthole windows. She throws it open and you slide down the, the roof and you reach the gutters and you jump off from it and you fall, you fall and you land into a duck pond beneath it <laughs> and you are immediately up and going yep alright well, he would have had to take the he would have had to you're, go you're, out you're of the down, room you're, down you're the going stairs. down the ivy no you're going like the there's the basically trellises. a well there's yeah so that the ivy climbs up so you're climbing down that to be young if only if only alright you reach the bottom and you start running you hear rustles in the bordering woods but you don't see anything Nighttime, or is it it's middle of the night time? Okay. Well, it's not. Well, it's, it's the middle. Of- it's four a.m. It's now before dawn. Okay. Thing. Okay. Okay. You reach the uh, gazebo without much trouble. You try pull on the door a bit. Doom, doom, doom. You swear. You take your sword and you jam it between the gap of the two pieces, and you hear a ting as you break off the lock and you throw open the door. Mm-hmm. Why would you lock it? I... I didn't. That doesn't make any sense. Well, nothing makes sense in this town right now. Okay, you just send down. Orlando goes up, like, rung by rung. You grab the sides and just slide straight down. Com- like, just into complete <laughs> blackness. Again, down. he goes... Uh, and you uh, to be young again. And you land and your knees bow a little bit because you didn't slow yourself down very much. And you spin around and you reach around and flick on one of the lights. Mm-hmm. And the room is completely empty. You go over to the like holding area, you flick on the light, and the glass has been smashed. The bar's still in place? Mm-hmm. Hmm. And we're back to square one. Roll for me. Eight. The glass is smashed from the inside out. Yep. <laughs> yep. How did he make the static? You, you look over to the camera and you see it is burnt. It is the plastic has shriveled and it is burnt and it is smoking. Mm. Uh, Emily is going to flash back in her mind to like three months earlier uh, to her sisters and her having a meeting before she and she was dispatched um, on the mission before this one because she tends to go on several before actually returning to Tia and 
Charlotte grilling her over proper procedure and like, you know, you've got to do the checklist. We've got to do this, then this, then this. This is when Charlotte was like a safety officer. Yeah. Like <laughs> really low down, but still it was her job. And Anne going, okay, and you need to make sure you take this note and this note and you've got to look for this and look at this. And Emily's going, I just want yeah. to punch things. And that's when Anne would have been what Alistair was now, which is just a research assistant. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Alive or dead. Bates and Weaver. While this is going on downstairs, Tuck and Tully are sitting on opposite couches, (laughs) looking at each other. They aren't talking. They're just looking at each other. And Tully is getting... Like, he's swaying more now than he was before. And he's like, it's a nice night. <laughs> and Tuck is just staring at him. I can also With the see. axe across With his lap. The axe. <laughs> uh, and also- there's still like a Molotov cocktail at his elbow that he's yeah. occasionally goes to drink and then realizes there's still a rag stuffed inside of it. Tully's like, he's sitting on the end of the lounge and on the other end of the lounge is just like six of them that you've made up. And every time he moves a little bit, they just jingle. (laughs) All right, we cut back to the group upstairs. So, uh, Jess, I I see that you tried to dye your hair. I'm guessing pink wasn't the colour that you were going for. Yeah, not not really. I just, yeah, a change. We needed a change. So much shit has gone down. Um, no more blonde. It's gone. It's gone. It's still here, but you know. <laughs> it's gone. Let's get rid of it. Jess, do you... Do you want to become Jessica Harlow again? Do you want to go brown again? Yeah. Okay. I can help with that. I've, I've had a little bit of experience with dyeing hair, so let's just get you into the bathroom and we'll prep the sink and everything and we'll get started. Okay. Thanks, okay. That's okay. What would I do without you? (laughs) I don't know. Probably just have pink hair. Um, (laughs) 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 All right. uh, I'm going to go grab the hair dye. What do you want, Caleb? Stop interrupting a girl. Am I in (laughs) in the room? Come on! I meant to be in the room at this point, and yeah, then I need to leave. At this point, <laughs> he's still yeah. there. Oh, no, just, just come in, just Because I was gonna idea. say, because you're going off to the bathroom mm. at this point, Buddy's just there. He's like, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna go grab something from 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 my room, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you guys, <laughs> yeah, um, I'll be, I'll be back. Okay. Liv starts combing the hair dye through your hair after you've sat down in front of the sink. Um, and she's like, so it's uh, it's been a long time since we've done this. Yeah. Man. It's, it's been crazy. Just everything. I, I mean, it, it's clear I'm not doing well, but I mean... You're doing not, your best. Not to say you look okay, but I I admire you. You're <laughs> holding it together. Uh, yeah, somewhat. I mean, I think I might just be in shock, really, from everything that's been happening. 
it's been pretty dang embarrassing for the last, I don't know, 48 hours. I've done so many embarrassing things. Um, but other than that, I'm just kind of locking it out, you know? And and right now we've got a lot going on, so I can't exactly fuss about what's been happening. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Wait, wait, wait a second. Oh my god, I'm an idiot. Okay, Olivia. Yeah? I'm so sorry. You must have... I, I didn't really like Jack that much and didn't care for Willow. I mean, she was a part of the group, but... You've been living here for, what, like six months? You must have... You must have rekindled some friendships and... Uh, it was I've... only two weeks. It's, yeah. it's okay. But still, you were closer to them, and here I am, just being selfish. I just... Jess, there's no need to swear. It's okay. I'm I'm fine. Anyway, I, I have a question, and you can tell me if it's not my place, but uh, Tuck mentioned a little girl and finding her, and I was... I was actually quite curious about what that's about. Hmm... Yeah, um... <sighs> oh, yeah, that's okay, buddy. You can come in. We're just almost done here. All, all good for me to come in? Yeah, we're not naked. Well, I, I thought I'd check. <laughs> it's polite. Buddy comes in covering his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uh, it, with him, um, you see he's he's got uh, a, a lime and some, like, little, little like... Uh, heck, sorry, blanked out for a second there. Um, <laughs> Come back to us, <laughs> uh, he He's got like some some Just a platter of sliced limes. What, what looks it. like sushi, but you can tell—is it quite sushi? Um, Jess is just gonna reach over and just grab one, shoves it in her mouth. That is uh, interesting. I, well, first I thought you might want to try it with this, and then from his apron he pulls out some shot glasses. And then a bottle of tequila. Um, Amen. What is this? Amen. Look, honestly, I, I feel like uh, the the liqueur fits the situation. Uh, he starts cutting up the lime and putting the lime. <laughs> Wait, Sammy just just took a lime and bit into no, it. No, you so took one of the weird sushi things. Oh, okay, because that's what I was going for. Are you yeah. thinking like onigiri, like I, the little rice? Um, no, I, th- I think it's. I think it's more like, um, yeah, like like nigiri sushi. Okay, but I couldn't. I, it, it, he wouldn't have salmon, and I couldn't think of another fish that you would put on nigiri sushi. Um, like carrot. <laughs> um, yes. He's brought some like little like fl- like like you know like the asparagus that's like like with like it's seasoned. Vegan it's food. a seasoned it's asparagus. Vegan. Yeah. <laughs> Just like displaying the treats and pouring drink, so we just cut back downstairs. <laughs> it's just Tuck and Tully staring, <laughs> and Tuck like running his hand over the head of the axe. So, we're meant to be friends. So, okay, all right, okay. This is I can't take this anymore, Tuck. I can't do it. Um, 
the 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 still unlit cigarette is still like hanging out of the corner of Tuck's mouth. It's pretty much just like stuck to what's now like three day old beard growth. Oh, I love that. Tuck looks deranged and bad. Yeah, his eyes are sunken. It's just darkness all around them. He's potentially drooling a little bit. Probably. So, the band. You're in. A, you're in a band, right? You played drums. Yeah, pour me one. And you know what? He has already poured the drinks. Like there was no question in this. He put them out. She just goes the give me hands. Yeah. <laughs> he pours himself a drink. The second he's poured all three, he takes a glass, shuts it, and then starts to pour another one. Amen. Well, you know, I just to try and get it out as much as possible, so I don't have to repeat myself over and over again. So Olivia asked about ah, child. So long story short, um, yeah, um, the reason why I left Mercy's Creek is because I was pregnant. Uh, you, you'll, you probably remember, buddy, but remember that party we had before the curfew was inflicted? Um, and remember how pissed I was at my brother because he got the manager position in the hardware store, so I had a lot to drink that night. Probably tequila. Probably, yeah, probably this. <laughs> God, this is strong. Um, tequila. Tequila. <laughs> that comes on, like a radio glitches on. For a split second, connection. And then blows up. <laughs> blows up. <laughs> That's creepy. Tequila! Bang. Yeah, it does like after the tequila explodes. Hmm. Uh, All right. Anyway. Yeah, so I can't remember what happened that night, but I mean, I'm just... I'm guessing that I did something that night because about two licks... Well, two licks ago. Um... Yeah, two weeks later when we found Elizabeth, um, that that's when I suspected, you know, that I'm pregnant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. <clears throat> Liv throws her gloves in the bin. Okay, yeah. you're good to go. We just need to wait for that to set. Cool. Mm. I didn't ask what shade this is. It'll be fine. Brown is brown. <sighs> Anyway, um, yeah, she's going to be 10 in, wait, what, what day is it? Is it Halloween? Yeah, it's Halloween. Oh my gosh, she's going to be 10 in three days. You got here on Tuesday, right? Yeah. So it's... Yeah, she'll be 10 in three days. Um, long story short, I know jack about her. Um, I know when she was born, where she was born, the hospital, and the name of the adoption C-Center. I wasn't allowed to hold her. I wasn't allowed to name her. Um, so, you know, 14-hour labor for nothing. Uh, and yeah. It wasn't for nothing, Jess. She's still alive. She's out there. And like Tuck said, we can go find her. We can try. I mean, I've tried before. You guys won't really have much more to go off. I mean, at the very least, while we're here in Mercy, we can speak to, to the father. Buddy, weren't you paying attention? I don't know who the dad is. You, you, 
You don't know. I barely remember that night. Wait, buddy. I'm I'm so sorry. Wait. I'm so sorry, Jess. Buddy. I. She just holds her cape. Get ready to hold me back. <laughs> it's not you, is it? Okay, is like wrapping her arms around <laughs> Jess's body. It's, it's, it's so much worse than that. <laughs> buddy. <laughs> buddy. Buddy, no. Whisper it to okay. Whisper it to okay. It was. Remember when we went to, 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 to the caravan park and. There was the, the guys out out the front and <clears throat> look, I'm gonna be blunt. Buddy, don't, don't, I'm sorry. Don't, no, no, no. Mm-mm. Oh, for the love of just say it! It was Shad. No! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'm just gonna saunter <laughs> off into the night and die. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> Did you plan that? I had no idea. I told Caleb, you know yeah. who the father is. Fuck <laughs> you know. Yeah, as a side note, uh, in my head, I didn't know who I was gonna be. Because originally I was thinking of making it one of the guys in the group yeah but then i was like that's that's too much that's, that's of a can of too much to put on someone else's character yeah, yeah. right yeah. so i was like okay no it's got to be one of like the tangential characters we've brought up before it's got to be someone that the audience will know someone like that and the first thought was oh, the worst one for it to be would be masochist chad yeah so i left that as the placeholder <laughs> unless i found something better and i never found something better so i was gonna I don't be think just wants to find no kid anymore <laughs> Um, anyway, <laughs> we, just, we just smash cut to a schoolyard where there's like a nine-year-old girl in a bare knuckle boxing match with yeah. someone. Um, Come on, hit me! She's got a screwdriver in her hand while she's doing it. <laughs> Should be really cute if your if your daughter became like a, aspired to be a boxer. Aww. Aww. But she enjoyed, but she enjoyed losing a bit too much. Yeah, yeah. she's the person that will like eventually people. Like pay for them to lose. Yeah. So so you can bet on the winning I'll take side. The fall. And, yeah, yeah. Um, I love it. <laughs> it's a good co- <laughs> mm. Anyway, it's a good anyway. <clears throat> he, uh, I, I remember that night. Um, I usually keep track of what happens at, at, at my parties. You keep track of who comes <laughs> at your house. I keep track of where people are. <laughs> And I remember. Has he got like a book or something? <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't that. have a book, okay? <laughs> I just remember. I thought Tuck was one... the bad one. <laughs> he just remembers everything. Look, you would always be like at the center of the party. You were always having a great time at almost every single one. And I just remember that one party close to when we left. I, you were smashed, and I saw you go off with Chad the rooms. Can you let me go with him? I was kind of busy dealing with Tuck. You guys remember back, uh, for those who weren't smashed, that was the party where uh, Tuck punched newly uh, a deputy Derek Harlow in the face (laughs) and was in the process of being arrested and it turned into a thing because Derek took it very personally and was threatening to shut down the parties because of it. Oh, like my. his nose is still bent because of that <laughs> night, both his and Tuck's. 
<laughs> Everyone's bent out of shape from then. Uh, oh. So it was a big knot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, I think Tuck punched like 12 people in the face, <laughs> including myself and your brother Derek. Um, it was hard to forget, like despite the, the concussion. <laughs> oh, gosh. A concussion? I bet that's the one Look, party was... that Tully never came to. And he showed up yeah. and he's like, what did I, what happened yesterday? Tully had the flu and I was just like, no, yeah. no, Tully was watching Power Rangers back then. I was like, I can't miss it. It's the season finale. Sorry, guys, I got the flu. <laughs> they don't understand. <laughs> the flu was the excuse. <laughs> he's coughing on the phone. <laughs> oh, well, uh, you're going to miss one hell of a party, Tully. Oh, what can I say? Yeah, yeah, whatever. I'll come to the next one. Look, Jess, I know this is a lot to process. This is all in the past. You were incredibly drunk. You didn't even remember it was Chad. No. We're just trying to find your daughter. He doesn't. Yeah. He he doesn't have we to become have, involved. Yeah, we don't have to tell him. We, and and honestly, he's no. a masochist. He might even like not knowing who his daughter is for the rest of his life. So let's try uh, and use okay, that. Shut okay, up. Shut okay. up. Shut up. Everyone, everyone. 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 Hold up. I just need a moment. Is it? Have some more tequila. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we come back to Tuck and Tully. Okay. Uh, there are... Because Orlando is so stingy, because of the war stuff, he has refused to let the other lights be on, so you guys now just have the lamps on in the room. Okay. So, no, no, just, no central power for Just you. candles. <laughs> no, no, we're not going that far. Can't, Orlando pulls out a vast no, collection of We need of lights candles. against the persona. Yeah, so they're keeping Tully it bright enough so the persona can't come in. Romantic scented yeah. candles. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, you know, I listened to that that song. The one that made it to the radio. What? Your song. What song? Bear Trap. I listened to it on the radio. So what? So I thought it was good. It's not a good song. I thought it was good. No, it's it's trash. It's just the, the kind of stuff that the radio stations want, that's all. I still thought it was cool that you made it. Tully stands up and takes a couple of steps towards you. You know... I think... In there somewhere, and he, like, pokes you in the chest... I think there's a good man in there somewhere. I really do. That's nice. Hey, Tully. Yeah? How come you haven't been opening doors for yourself? Sorry? 
I mean, unless I've missed it. Not once. In the last, what, two days? Three days? I haven't seen you wash your hands since you got here, but that doesn't mean you didn't wash your hands. And you always seem to just look that bit sicker when we're in here, don't you? Tuck, and you're sweating just a, a heap. <laughs> he looks he looks down at the, you know, stitches and the, like, ripped hole in his shirt. It's like, yeah, I wonder why that might be. Yeah, Tuck, I, wonder. I wonder. Tuck I'll, stands yeah, up. I wonder, yeah. And he pokes you in the chest. Because you know what? I think the Tully that I used to know might not be in there anymore. What do you think about that? Tully takes a like little step back. Like, look, I'm not the most, uh, how would you put it, emotionally articulate person. So maybe it's just trauma. But you've been acting weird. Tully takes a, another couple of steps away from you again. Not quite back to the lounge, but a couple of steps away. <sighs> Do you remember the reputation of my family? Do you remember my dad? Did you ever meet him? All right, look, I'll love you with you, Tully. We never got along very well. No. No, we no. Didn't. And look, that's fine. It doesn't bother me that we didn't get along very well. And I don't mean that as like a, oh, I think you're a terrible person. We just didn't gel that much. So I don't mean this as an insult. I literally remember nothing about your family. My mom was great. Really. She was, you know the stuff you hear about good mums on TV or whatever. She was lovely. And she was humiliated, beaten, bruised, manipulated, shut down, belittled into a tiny little husk of a human being by the monster that was my father. And you know... He never laid a hand on me. I don't know why. Maybe that was his form of compassion. I have no idea. <sighs> so, you know, I I couldn't complain, could I? Because my dad was great with me. He'd take me to the ice cream shop on the weekend. We'd go to sports games together. That's why I started playing sports, because he was a little league when he was a kid and he thought maybe I'd like that too and I did so we went to sports games and then I found out what was happening when I wasn't there and as I got older I realized what he was doing to my to my mom and I he was like turning and like walking around the couch now I remember coming home from school one day and mom was lying in the bed. She had some kind of cut on her head or something. She made up some excuse, but I knew what had happened. 
And I remember bringing her a glass of water and thinking, he's going to kill her one day. It's going to happen. I don't want that to happen. How? And what am I supposed to do? I was 12. What am I supposed to do? How am I going to... And so I took a bottle of whiskey off the shelf and I, I handed that to her and I thought maybe, maybe if she couldn't fight back, he wouldn't hurt her as much. And it worked. Things settled down at home. She stopped standing up to my old man and he stopped. At least it wasn't as bad. And that's when I learned that if you try hard enough, somehow you can avoid the hurt somehow. You can help people. <laughs> and so I kept going, and I kept hoping that maybe one day they would sort things out, and of course it didn't, but she stayed alive, so, you know. <laughs> and Floyd happened. And I knew he was going out that night. I didn't stop him because I was too scared. In my whole life, I have wished that it would just go away, that these people and these things that have haunted me for my entire life would leave me alone. And then I finally get a call from Jack and I find out that it's all back and all of these people are coming back to haunt me again. And I can't take it, Tuck. I can't take it again. Tully, you cross back around the couch and you stand in front of Tully and your eyes drift down to the cigarette in his mouth. So what am I supposed to do? I couldn't... I couldn't help my mom. I couldn't help Floyd. I sure as hell couldn't help Jack. And Tully reaches into the outside right-hand pocket of his jacket that he's been wearing. And he pulls out your lighter, Tuck. Holds it out to you, flicks it open, and lights the cigarette in your mouth. Flicks it back away, puts it back in his pocket. Takes a couple of steps away again. I didn't want to. <laughs> I... I... I didn't want to, but when it came down to it, I couldn't do it on my own. You let him in. You took the deal, didn't you? You're one of his. Tuck is gonna... He's not holding the axe anymore, just to be clear. <laughs> Tuck is going to reach up and he's going to grab your face with both hands, uh, kind of his fingers laced around almost the back of your head and the thumb sort of... On the Charlie bones. lets you, doesn't fight back. You just tell me one thing, Tully. Just tell me one thing. I Willow. What happened to Willow, Tully? You hear a click as you feel Willow's gun pressed against your chest and the hammer pulled back. When I asked Buddy what happened 
to Willow. I meant it. Because a part of me hoped. Just a, a little part of me hoped. Maybe... Maybe I'm not quite as good a shot as I thought I was. Just for a second, I thought, maybe... Maybe I missed. Turns out I don't miss. And as the hammer starts to click forwards... Tuck. Everything goes black. open your eyes and you are standing in a field it is a valley of sorts long in both directions and high mountains on either side large grey ridges you are standing in this valley the air brushes past you it is it feels like spring the sun isn't hot the wind's cool but it's not cold It is silent. There are no birds. There is no trickle of water. It is silent. What are you doing? You still have your arms outstretched as if you are holding Tully's head. How long is the grass? The grass is just over, like, almost up to your ankle. It's not long. I guess I'll let my hands drop and I'll sort of swish my foot back and forth in the grass trying to 
figure out how real this is. Mm-hmm. As a part of Tuck's brain, it's like churning back through what he remembers of Sunday school going, I don't think this is what happens when you die. You hear a clatter of rocks and a tick, tick, tick. Turn around. You see Jack Finney climbing down the side of a ridge with a walking cane, like a walking, uh, for like bush tracking and all that, a wooden walking stick coming down the ridge. I wave. He waves back. He has a medium length beard. It's grown out and there are, there's parts of white coming through the, the like front into the, the tip of it. His hair is longer. It's almost the length of yours, but still very brown. And he waves to you and starts crossing the valley towards you. All right. I'm, I guess I'll walk to meet him. There's a part of Tuck that uh, is surprised by how much he is enjoying this. Tuck's life for the last 10 years has been inner city Toronto and grimy basements and disgusting, terrible apartments and nighttime and nothing else. He doesn't exercise. He doesn't really go outside. He doesn't go for walks. So this is a very different environment than what he's used to. Yeah. And it makes him feel like a kid again. It takes a few moments for you to reach each other and you meet in the middle of the valley. Zach. Jack? Don't worry. You're not dead. Really? Because this is feeling pretty screwy, Jack. And you've never... Since when... Why are you angry at me already? (laughs) (laughs) Because I don't understand what's going on. And I'm like... Being confused makes me angry, Jack. Jack starts like gesturing with his hands. He's like, brain too smooth for a big think about area. You don't just wake up in a field that you've never been in and your friend who's definitely dead because I've seen your insides is suddenly here with a beard that he never had and older than he should be. Either I'm dead or this is a hallucination. He, like, uh, pulls up the the cane a little bit and taps on his chin and then looks out. You see at the very, very far end, almost lost in a hazy blue, you see a mountain off in the distance and he looks over to it. He looks at you. If you're here then it means what they were talking about is right. And your family line has an ability. It's called being a dreamer. Not many of them awakened to it. There used to be more family lines, but now it seems like it's just yours. And part of that is this. And he looks around the place. This is dream. This is the land of dreams. It's not supposed to look like this. It's awake. That doesn't really work for a place about dreams. So, and he like turns back to you and sees the look and it does the same gesture. Smooth brain. 
No be angry. Listen. <laughs> Listen to idea. Brain no smooth. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Are you dead or not? Yes. Are you... So you're just my brain? No. I am Jack. No, I came here. I... After the stuff that happened to the car park, I woke up. And I was at a train station. And I was sitting there, waiting there for a really long time. And there was a few other people there, but they didn't really want to talk to me. And I could hear the train. It was whistling, but I waited for hours and hours, and it just didn't turn up. It was just far off. And then one of the like I don't know, people who worked at the station came up and asked if I had a ticket yet. And I said no. And I like checked my pockets, and I didn't have a wallet. And they said I couldn't buy one. And I asked, Kevin, how do I get a ticket? And they said you'll have to go find one if you don't have a ticket already. So I left because it was getting a bit weird and I was sitting out the front. I can't even really imagine what the outside looked like now, but I was sitting out the front and these two people came up and he points to the top of one of the ridges and you see what looks like the silhouette off in the distance of a man and a small girl off in the distance. They came and found me and they said that they had been speaking to a marsh, about a marsh, and that we needed to set things in order for everything to work out. So we walked and walked and walked because they thought that you would be here. In here, he's gesturing, and in all of this, time doesn't work the same as it does in our world. Time is all happening at once and not at once. It's not a linear thing, it's just an explosion. You go to different areas and time isn't happening at that stage in there. You go to a different area and it's already happened. So we've been walking to find an area where it hasn't happened yet. And you were here. Mm, okay here's the thing this place is awake and it can't be awake for the next marsh it needs to be asleep again he needs to be able to use it for things to work out and only we can do that and if you want to be our save Tully it's going to need to be asleep you can't save all of them. Well, I haven't saved any of them. I know, but I'm just saying. I'm pretty your sure I killed at least two of them. I'm saying your expectations. They can only be gone for a short amount of time. There needs to be some of them slightly left. And there needs to be a strong emotional connection for you to be able to bond with what's left of them. Left. What Bates does, it consumes right. what's, what right. was there okay. and replaces it. But it's a. It yeah. takes a few days. Yep. All right. All right. Okay, so let's drop all of the incredibly confusing train small people 
old. All right. What are you telling me? This place is some kind of dream place, and someone told you that you couldn't go wherever the train is taking you. Let's not look too deep into that metaphor. Until you helped a marsh do something for another marsh. No, that has nothing to do with the station. No, After this, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep... No, stop, stop. The, I'm up. doing this for other people, not yes, the train I people. Got the, okay, Jack, I fi- it's fine. My point is, if I want to be able to do anything, because I can't seem to do anything in this situation, i got to fix this place, or you're going to help me fix this place, and that'll help me stop Tully from being Bates. And, and maybe stop me from being dead. Yeah. Well... Depends what situation you've gotten yourself into. <laughs> I don't... I don't think the caliber was that big. I think I could be okay. Do you He's, take it? Do you take that bullet? I think I, I think I might be able to take it. <laughs> Jack's like, that's the general gist. Great, what do I do? We have to walk. I hate walking. <laughs> this place is just walking. Oh, God. Who invented this? <laughs> we tear away. <laughs> we find the Harlow brothers helping Pevensey setting up some barricades in one of the farther ends of the game room. They are boarding up windows, putting in bracing and moving couches around. One of the couches Derek is currently sitting on, catching his breath and holding his side as his two brothers are picking it up and moving it and he is shouting at them. Mark is helping Pevensey hold up one side of the board and hammering it in as Pevensey is watching them. Pevensey helps them pull up the last of the boards and heads off to find Warwick, and Mark sits down on the couch next to Derek. Ugh. Oh, big night. Yeah, I do not uh, envy your job at all. Derek uh, is rubbing the the bridge of his nose a little bit as he's developing even more of a headache. Yeah, well, my job usually doesn't involve mowing down townsfolk. That that wasn't on the briefing, but yeah. do you know where Jess is? Mark looks around as the other Harlows have already disappeared again. Yeah, they all like to just disappear, don't they? Eh, I don't know. She's probably upstairs somewhere. Derek leans back and rubs the side of his head. As long as she gets out. I'll count this as a... a victory. As much of a victory as we can really hope for, I guess. Mark looks at him. Mm. Your idea of a victory is pretty... uh, slim. Derek grins. Just taking everything into account. But then there's mum and dad. We gotta do something about that. Mark nods a couple of times. 
and fiddles with the gun that Derek gave him. Yeah. We're going to need to do something about that, aren't we? So. All right. Oh, sorry. Buddy, I will slap you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Everything's trash. My life is trash. But you know what? That's okay. Yeah. It's fine. You know? I'm just like a fucking hollow. You hear just a whisper on the wind. This isn't an explicit show. Show, 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 show. Even though the third episode was. Yeah, no. She just didn't bleep it out. Liv is just there like. I'm not going to bleep it out, BJ. BJ, BJ. Right. Okay. I think think we're good. Yeah. We're good? Yeah. You know what? Everything's on fire. My parents and I might not be fine, but you know what? No one else is fine. Um, how are you guys doing? Because, you know, it's been very obvious that I haven't been doing well, but... Very. Okay, says you're holding up. You're lying. Buddy... <laughs> you're not fine. Uh, you're not. I, I, I am, though. You're not. I totally, totally you're am. But yeah. Okay. If you knew what was happening downstairs, <laughs> if you only knew. Yeah, I really thought this was going to be like the big like, oh, let's get everything out scene. Yeah. And then, oh, there's a fun scene between Tully and Tuck. Yeah. I was, was expecting fun. it to just be the awkwardly, the two yeah. people who weren't invited to the Me emotional too. show. Yeah, right? I thought this was going to happen at the end. And then Chester messaged me and he's like, do it now. Like, okay, yeah. okay. 66. All right, here we go. It was honestly like, that's funny. That's funny. They're staring at each other down and then yeah. suddenly oh anyway anyway <laughs> okay yeah uh, are you we'll, we'll, we'll deal with you in a second you what do you mean you first you're yeah. obviously not okay either you i'm i'm perfectly... I, I am okay <laughs> i She's am okay. okay i am olivia kelly i am okay i have always been okay i have been okay for my entire life i have never been able to be less than okay do you i can't not be okay you are allowed to not be all right. I mean, look at me. I'm not all right. Come on, join the party. I mean, you've made it. a lot of mistakes in that in that mindset. Shut up. That was a low blow, buddy. But uh, yeah. Sorry, I think it's. Hey, you can't do anything worse than me. Self-burn. I attacked a ghost with a whippersnapper. You what? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. You were there for that. <laughs> no, no, she I was wasn't. I was setting fire to yeah, the building. I'll, all right, I would have thought that she had heard. No. Heard a ghost getting hit by a whip snipper. <laughs> you would what think that, that would be a distinctive like? noise. Oh, a ghost getting hit by whip snipper noise. Ah! <laughs> was that Jess? <laughs> It is so hard to be emotional while we're all laughing. Mm. Stop being funny. Stop it right now. Yeah. Do not laugh. Well, what... Good. Whatever was wrong with me... I don't... I don't know. I just... I can't not be okay. Ever since Jack... Tully was having a breakdown. And I... That's when I realised I I couldn't not be okay. 
I had to be okay. You don't have to hold the group on your shoulders. Well, none of us can. Not even you, buddy. And you know what I mean by that. You won't let me in. I've been trying. I let you in and you didn't let me back. And you remember our deal. That was... That was a very long time ago. Almost forgotten about that, actually. Yeah. Uh, Just... When you didn't let me in after I let you in, I realized I couldn't not be okay. And when Tuck asked me if I was okay, I just... I answered like I usually did. I can't afford to fall apart. Someone needs to stay standing. It's just... I felt so lost and empty and alone. Like a shadow without a body ever since Floyd. And I suppose everyone grieves in their own way, even Tuck in his self-destructive holding pattern. But I don't know if I ever figured out how to grieve. All I became was numb, and I stayed numb for years. I came back to Mercy because I couldn't bear to be numb anymore. I came back to try and find the soul that I'd left behind somehow, where I lost the capacity to feel joy and life. And for a week or two, I thought I was healing. And then everything fell apart again. Mm. I tried meeting up with Jack for coffee, and he kept rescheduling. I guess he didn't trust me with his concerns about the town. Heck, I didn't even know he called everyone back. He didn't call me. Olivia. I just... When Tuck asked me if I was okay, I couldn't admit that I felt out of place. Like I was uncalled, unnecessary, untrusted, unwanted. Just a pretty face and the ever-okay little Miss Okay. Just happening to be in the same place. At the same time. And I kept reaching out when we all met up a few days ago. I tried to feel like I belonged. Like I was part of the group. But no one let me in. And again then, I just thought I'd try to make Jack proud. Like I used to. Ace the test. Put his mind at ease. And everything's gonna be okay. she made her choice. I know it wasn't my fault, but still. If I had just grabbed her arm, if I asked her to think twice, if Tully got to her sooner, just, anyway. And now I, okay, if anything happens to her, she'll be okay. But I always back her up. And now? It's been ten years. And ten years is a long time to not have someone's back. 
She doesn't call on me anymore. I worry about her. I, I worry that she won't come back and I worry that I left her. I left her disconnected for so long. And the more I try not to think about it, the more she's not here and the more I can't help but think about it because I don't, I don't know if she's coming back. Oh, and I feel so awful for snapping at Tully earlier. I I lost it at him before. And I hope I get the chance to apologize. I I hope I get the chance to make things right with all of you. I I don't know how I lost your trust. I don't know exactly what I did. But I'm hoping that I can earn it again. Liv goes over to a chair and picks up a denim jacket with soft pink roses embroidered on it. She starts tracing a hand over the roses, and she looks at you, Jess. I just... I just know that I need to mean something to someone again. Because I can't remember the last time that I woke up and felt there was a good enough reason for, to keep trying. And when I first saw all of you downstairs, first time in a decade, a few days ago, I felt hope. I haven't felt that in a long time, Jess. I need you guys. And as much as I need you, I know you need me. But you won't let me in. And I need you to let me in. Please. Alright. I made a promise. And Liv, I'm I'm sorry I <clears throat> I'm I'm sorry I didn't keep that. Thank you. That's all I needed. I admire you. I mean, ever since we were even kids, I, I wish I was as strong as you. I'm, I'm not. Heck, I've barely ever slept. I'm falling apart. Oh my god, okay. <clears throat> I'm a mess. I've barely even slept. I'm falling apart at the seams. But look at you go. You you held it all together. You stayed strong. You kept us as a group. You told us where to go, what to do. I mean, did we listen? No. But did, have we ever listened to anyone in this group? No. Um, Jess, I'm not the person who holds this group together. Well, I know that. You Last night, hold enough of us together. That was all... Tuck. That was... I didn't want to believe it when I came back. It, it, it's been so long, but... Throughout the night, he, he... I mean, he's always falling apart, but he's... He's there for us. In a weird way. <laughs> yeah, that's that's just tuck though. <laughs> I it's it's not even a want 
It's it's a a need. It's a a condition of me that I I need people. One thing I learned in the ten years away is that that one of the the strongest drugs is is people. And I've been thinking about what that 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 big moustached fellow told me. Uh, heart and soul. Um. And and I did not do much last night because I was thinking about that. And for me, all you guys, that that's that's my heart, and my soul is that desire to protect everyone, and that desire is it's probably what's going to kill the most people. I also lied when I first came here, mostly to myself. I, I, I did not miss this place. Uh, I did not feel nostalgic with the smells of the fresh open air. I, I have barely slept a wink these last nights because it's too quiet. But it's not the first time I've been awake for multiple nights in a row. I've, I've spent the last 10 years basically doing that on a regular basis so I'm together that's me I'm a simple man I'm just buddy you're not just buddy you're our buddy you kept us together after Jack and you're keeping us together now after Willow okay but you just gotta let us in I mean, you are the sole reason I have been eating. Yeah, quite frankly, I don't think I would have eaten very much in the last few days were it not for you. Thank you. We now cut back. Tuck is felt like days, days and days of walking. There is a stage now where Jack is basically carrying you because it has been so long. The days do not end. It never gets darker, never gets lighter, and Jack is basically fully holding your weight as he's practically dragging you along. The exhaustion has hit you hard. You have been walking for miles and miles and miles. But the mountain is close now. I don't want to do this anymore. Just let me die here. Send me back to Tali. Let me just be done with this. I don't want to walk. I don't want to walk anymore, Jack. Don't let me. You're go. not don't, walking. Don't make me walk. You're not walking. You're being dragged. <laughs> Jack hoists you up onto one of the first few ridges of the mountain, and you can see close now a cave. And he sits you down and sits down with you and breathes heavily. <laughs> he's been jacking you for what feels like probably the last hour mm-hmm. <sighs> it's nice here yeah in a fresh air kind of way you're gonna go again aren't you yeah. once this is done and then it's just me 
and living hell. <laughs> I don't think there's anything I hate more than not knowing what to do. Just feeling powerless. I can't. I can't be here when it's asleep again. Only your type can, so I'll be going. Back onto the road. Alright. You know, you could... You could make a decision. You could decide what direction you're going in. Then you don't. Then it's not. Being lost in it, it's not. I don't know that that matters. I make decisions and I try and do things and it all just falls apart, Jack. And look, at some points, and I'm willing to admit this, I'm big enough to admit this, it's because I didn't try very hard. (laughs) He's obviously trying to be funny. Like, I used to fail tests despite you. How'd that work out for you? Shitty. I'm a a deadbeat. My life is a mess. Yeah, when your decisions did work, though? No. When you were making them for the group? No. No, I mean, when when it wasn't a decision about you and what you were going to do next. Remember that, uh, that fort we built in the bush? The decisions you made about that, that fort is still standing. You're saying I should have been an engineer. I'm saying you're a better leader than you are a rebel. I don't think you have anything to back that up with, Jack. Like, look, our group is pretty mishmash. I mean... Buddy's lovely, but he doesn't know what he's doing half the time. And Tully is so eager to please everyone, and he's so afraid that everything's going to fall apart. It's like he's made of cellophane. And OK is just the perfect student child who's pretending that they're good at everything. And she's good at a lot of stuff, but she's not good at everything. She's trying to be something that she's not. And... I mean, Jess is Jess. (laughs) (laughs) Jess is exactly what it says on the label. But, like, look at us. And I did this to us. I am the bad influence friend that your parents tell you not to hang out with and if you guys didn't hang out with me our lives wouldn't be so screwed up Tully would actually be successful and not some random temp in an advertising agency and Buddy would probably be happy like actually happy not just thinking that he's doing okay and Jess would be doing what she loves And OK would know that it's fine to be whatever OK is, not just, you know, the blue ribbon. 
Nice argument. You got a source for that? Um, a lot of introspection. Oh, a lot of you, you? Introspection? I think this is all just coming out of your head now. I have a process. <laughs> Speak first, correct later. Look, here's my source. You remember that night when they found... I was gonna. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, all right. Look, you remember that night with uh, the school, and the police found uh, Elizabeth's body. Mm-hmm. We set fire to the school. Mm-hmm. That's because I zoned out, and OK started a fire. And I quote, "Because she thought that's what I would do." I was there, yeah. And I'm the one that got you all there. That whole situation, the fact that OK nearly could have got booked for arson, is my fault. And let's just, that's just the little, the little one in the scale, Jack, when Floyd died because he stepped in the bear traps that I set. Because it was my idea, and I convinced Jess to get them, and I said where we should set them. That's that's me, Jack. That's my fault. Floyd's my fault. Jack scratches the side of his head and looks at you. They'd be better off. Tuck, you know how a phone call works? I mean, not in the... I don't know, something to do with vibrations. Someone calls, and the other person has to answer. You've lost me. You called us. You would call us for these things. You would call us for this stuff. You would turn up after school. You would suggest dumb stuff. We all knew it was dumb. You would call, and we would answer. Look, I know I'm not Just trying to... Just because you're the face of the situation doesn't mean that the situation stops there. People love to, especially with the dead, take their actions and their choices out of the matter. Floyd wasn't a toddler. Floyd knew what we were doing. Floyd helped us set up those bear traps. And Floyd went out there to find his dog. Floyd knew what would happen if he stepped in one of those. He didn't call us to say, hey, can we go out there? I'm worried about my dog. Can we grab, like, some torches and go out? I don't know where the bear traps are. Floyd didn't didn't call, so we couldn't answer. Look, I just want to know what I'm supposed to do. Jack stands up and looks towards the cave. I just want to make it better. Nothing I try ever makes it better. And here's what you do. And he holds out his hand to you. Be a better leader than a rebel. And go in there and save Tully. Save Tully from the man who's manipulating and controlling him 
to kill his friends. And then you get all of them. You get the band back together and you make choices about the group, not about yourselves individually. And you take on the situation. Do I have to start with Tully? <laughs> Smash. Can we just skip Tully? We all hate Tully, apparently. No. Not okay. It's she not wants that. to apologize. Let me finish. I mean, uh, isn't there something to be said for, you know, start with the easy stuff? Tully is the easy one. You understand I wish he hadn't him. told me that. You understand him better than any of the others. Yeah, that's because he's fake. Just like me. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Emotional <my> growth. <laughs> All right. You grab his hand and he hoists you up. Your legs almost feel numb at this point. You know, I wish when you were little, people would tell you what a messed up, difficult, unappealing thing it is to be a human being. No one ever tells you that. No one wants to do it. Alright, fair enough. The two of you make your way towards the cave and you reach the point of it. There is, over the is a wide, huge cave. It feels like a building could slip into it. And just at the edge of it, there is a curtain. A pure black curtain and it covers it from every point there is no gap but you find the middle point Jack stands by it and looks around he looks out to the the valley and the mountains and he sees those figures again and he says there was a stage when all everything was together it's like everything was one continent our world this one all the other ones I've been walking through, they were together. And then there was an uprising. One of the higher groups said that the, the people in charge were controlling and letting good people die and that they didn't care about the things that were created and were just letting them wither away and that it wasn't fair. the ones in charge killed nearly all of them everyone that rose up against them they wiped them all out and as punishment they broke the layers and this one was left on its own and the rebellion didn't stop there this and he gestures to the valley life rebelled against the dream and it won so when you open that curtain the war will start again and Dream will win this time that means you can use it again it means the next Marsh can use it. it means everything can go ahead okay I don't really know what that means I guess I'll just figure it out as I go guessing this is um where we part ways. Pete nods. Yeah. Right. Well, um, 
Enjoy your walk. Sorry for being a shitty friend. I'm uh, gonna go try and be a better one. He picks up his walking stick and takes a few steps and says, You know, I was wrong. And I'm happy to admit that. I said that while Mercy's Creek stood, so did we. Everything we were and could have been would still exist. Our group, our friendship. But I was wrong. Mercy's Creek was our home, but you're not going to be able to save it. It's up to you whether it dies itself with some honour or withers away as something else. But the truth is, Tuck, while we're around, as long as there's at least one of our group left, Mercy's Creek survives. We are Mercy's Creek. Don't you think it was a little obvious when you all showed up here, angry at yourselves, at the world, lost and afraid? You all hated this place. Like you hated yourselves. That's because they are one in the same. So, as long as we're around, our home's around. And if there's just one of us left standing, we all stand. Jack looks off into the distance to that high ridge again where the two figures stand before. The sun is now beginning to lower behind them. But for me, the road's calling, and I gotta go. Under clouds, beneath the stars, over snow and spring fields, I'll find the path back home. Where it leads me now, I don't know, but for now I just gotta walk. But he turns back to you. I don't regret. And I won't forget those who rode to this point with me. He holds out his hand to you. So to these memories, I'll hold. And with your blessing, I'll go. Tuck takes his hand. Safe travels. You shake, and then you break. And you turn back to the curtain and you pull it open and like a rush wind blows through blowing the curtains completely open you can see in the corner of your eye as Jack crosses off into the ridge and breaks from your view and like a tsunami almost clouds begin to cloud over the blue sky black clouds before long the sky is entirely black and horses ride out around you black horses they leave trail as as black as ink behind them painting everything black then the footmen come doing the same before long the entire valley is trampled black and they continue forth and then the rain comes it washes everything away it grinds every stone flat and it raises above every mountain and there goes quiet as you stand above it all in an inch deep layer of water 
you are in a black void. You see before you Tully held like a marionette strings to his wrists and to every joint running high above him he stands in the void Tuck's going to step forward and he's going to reach out to take Tully's head in both hands the way he had been before and he's going to make Tully look at him you have to do it because the strings do not pull him. Is he like? Is he conscious? Is mm-hmm. he looking? He looks kind of blankly at you, but he's conscious. All right, Tully. You listen to me. You remember your old man? Well, Bates is pulling your strings, and Bates is just like that, just as controlling just as violent and you can't trust him you want to be free you want to be free of all the trouble and all the pain then you can't stick with the abuser you got to get out of there you've got to break the hold Tully he's trying to shake your head are you listening to me you got to break it alright yeah I can hear you oh good I didn't know if you were that conscious good all right. So, um, all right. I'm gonna try something. You oh. know, Tuck that that night in the car park, and I, I don't know if you let go of his head, but it just like slumps the side. Yeah, I let go of his head. <laughs> he's like, he's still looking at me. He's like, head goes to the side of it. That night in the car park, when Jack got cut up. Yeah, he's fine, by the way. He's off hiking somewhere. I don't believe that for a second. No, it turns out like a whole afterlife that's thing great. that's real. I love that. For you. That's great. Does that mean we're dead? Mm, well, you shot me, I'm pretty sure. But no, Jack said no. Oh, Jack said no. Well, you know, if you're going to trust anyone, he's the one that to know. <laughs> Their head flops to the other side. <laughs> you stop doing that. It's real creepy. I literally can't. All right, help it. all right. Let's Tuck. just. That night in the car park, I didn't know that I could feel pain like that. I'd forgotten how much it hurt until I saw that happen, and it was just like a ton of bricks, and it was too much. I couldn't hold it up and so I gave in Bates he our first night when we found that crazy man in the car and you got arrested and went to the police station I didn't go home 
I got cornered on the way by Bates. He told me who he was. He told me what he could do. And he gave me an offer like he gave Jess the other night. And I came within an inch of saying yes. Because I, I knew that what he was offering me is everything I've always wanted my entire life. That's all I've ever wanted. It's just to, to be safe and held. And that's what he told me he could give me. And then I thought about you and the others, and I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't bring myself to submit. I knew that I knew that he was wrong. I knew that we were here to stop him, and I couldn't do it. So I said no. He let me go. I left, and it stayed that way until that night in the car park, and it was too much. And it was like. Everything that had ever hurt me, everything that had ever made me feel like I was useless and impossible and, and was just gone. I felt at peace and happy for the first time in my life. It was incredible. And then we went to the hospital. And I saw Willow in that room. And it wasn't till I saw my own hand pointing the gun to her head that I realized the face was wrong. And by then, it was too late. Well, I'm not here to judge you, Tully. That's the first. Look, I don't think I'm a very judgy person. I know that I'm worse than most of you. In fact, I'll go so far as to say I'm the worst one of a bunch of us. But I think there's two things you got to try and hold on to. First, and he's starting to like try and physically break the strings around your wrist. Yeah. First is that Bates telling you he can make everything go away and it'll be fine. And that feeling, that's just the same as the bottle you gave your mum. It's no different. It's a lie too. Doesn't last, doesn't make it better, and doesn't stop the bad things happening. It's just going to stop you feeling it as much for a little while. You remember that if he ever tries to tell you again. All right, second thing. What was the second thing? I had it. 
All right, second thing. <laughs> Tully is like squinting at you at this point. Shut up. It's not your fault. You didn't try to kill Willow. That's Bates. The same fact you feel like your mum wasn't there to hold you when you needed her. It's not because she didn't want to, Tully. It's because she couldn't. It's because that situation was messed up enough that she didn't know how to look after you right. She couldn't do the good thing that she was supposed to do for you because someone else was dragging all the good stuff out of her. And yes, you killed Willow. You didn't kill her because you wanted to. You didn't kill her because you meant to. You didn't kill her because you thought it was a good idea. See these? He's shaking the ropes. It's a pretty bloody obvious reminder. You're not in control. You've given that control to him. So yes, own as much of the responsibility as you can. But Bates is the one pulling the trigger. And Bates is the one who put the gun in your hand. And Bates is the one who decided. And you gave him that power. But that doesn't mean he gets to keep it. Alright? Now give me a hand and break the rope. How? Try, Tully. You're not trying. Uh, Tuck is going to like grab your face again. Like by the bottom of the the chin and the jaw. And he's going to shake you. You just got to remember... All you're thinking of is the bad stuff. All you're thinking of is the the hopeless and the painful and the life's not worth living stuff. Because that's all stuff. there is. Ah, no, there's not. Now, <laughs> Tuck is like going to hit you in the forehead with his forehead. So he's like holding one wrist and holding your head and he's going to yeah. like gently headbutt you again and again and again. And every time he does, he's going to try and, like, whack you with a memory. Yeah. He's going to try and force a memory from his head into yours. Okay. And it's childhood memories. It's being little. It's riding bikes. It's summer afternoons. It's building cubby houses with the whole group of us. It's eating at Happy Stacks. It's milkshakes with ants crawling into the lids after we finished them it's water balloon fights and rock fights later on it's terrible music and worse fashion sense it's just every core memory of your childhood together and your adolescence and your growing up and it's everything that you remember loving about this town and this group of people and being a kid and he brings his head back and slams it in one last time and you see it from your perspective Mm -hmm. because it's one of your memories and you see from your point of view pulling on your school bag out of your locker walking out the front gate and seeing Jack and Tuck having another argument Tuck uh, Tuck sitting on the school sign uh, Jack waving one of his folders at him you see Buddy running up with the stuff he had just made in like home ed uh, all that type of stuff. You see Jess trying to like back her uh, 
her dad's car out of the school parking and nearly hitting someone and yelling at them for being in the way. Yes, buddy. And yelling at him. You see Olivia and Amelia leaving school with you and you see uh, Floyd Tibbet and Willow Holmes arriving with Jack and Tuck and you felt safe. That feeling. Tully, you hold on to that feeling. Because as soon as you give up, they win. Your dad wins. Bates wins. You gotta hold on to the good things, and you gotta try, Tully. Come on, you gotta try. He's wrong, isn't he? Yes, he's wrong. There's not a question about that. Come on. You and me, we're going to do this together. We're going to break those ropes one by one. And then we're going to get out of this random black void. And we're going to find the others. And if they've got ropes, we're going to break those ropes. And if AK's got ropes, we're going to break those... It's okay, I know what you mean. Shut up. Tully starts pulling with his hands downwards pulling his body up trying to pull against these bonds and he's just trying to rotate that memory all of those memories but especially the last one of the group in his mind and just think about the imperfect problematic at times quite unhealthy joy and safety that he feels from that memory and contrast it with what seemed to be a too-good-to-be-true perfect escape by avoidance from everything that he's been offered and has been channeling through him for the last however many days. I don't know. I don't keep that many notes and see these two things and try and reconcile them in his mind and realise that they're not the same. And he's fighting and he's fighting and he's pulling and pulling and looking at you in the eyes and going... Okay. It's not perfect, but it's real, Tully. One imperfect, real, good thing is worth more than all the fake good things in the world you know (laughs) don't quote me on this but uh, for the first time you're actually making sense Tuckmarsh and he's pulling as hard as he can the cords strain and they squeal and they start to splinter but it just doesn't feel like there's enough and then Tully, you feel two hands on your back. Mm -hmm. I try and crane my head around to see who it is. You don't see who it is, but you think you have a good idea of who it is. If this doesn't work, you kill me. Okay? And then the ropes snap. And you hear the sound of Willow and Jack's voice. Now I've been out in the desert, just doing my time, searching through the dust, looking for a sign, 
if there's a light up ahead, well, brother, I don't know. But I got this fever burning in my soul. So let's take the good times as they go. And I'll meet you further on up the road. You're back in the living room, the glow of the yellow lights. The two of you are standing inches from each other. And there is a gunshot that goes off and everybody in the house hears it. Because you realise that Tully was halfway through pulling the trigger when he got sucked into the dream. And there's a moment of this earthquake that goes off in this very tight room and it shakes and the dust comes down from the ceiling glasses wobble on the table everyone up upstairs hears this sound and Tully looks down and you can see that in the last second he had before the trigger pulled all the way he angled it out and the bullet has gone through the beam of the ceiling and he looks at you in the, like, into your eyes. And he says, when the hell did you become so wise? Jack made me walk a lot. <laughs> Tully drops the gun, drops to his knees, and you think for a second that he's just completely gone. And you see his shoulders start to shake and you wonder what's happening. You think that he's crying. And then he looks up at you with the biggest smile on his face. He's just laughing. He's like, what does that even mean? (laughs) 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 And then he remembers the massive gash in his side and falls out. He's like, (sighs) I think I need a glass of water. We cut upstairs as you guys hear a gunshot coming from downstairs and you guys get up and start going to the door. Uh, Jess, your like brown hair is going everywhere. everywhere. It's sticking to your face. No, 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 no. no. Liv cling-wrapped it. Cling-wrapped it? Okay. The cling-wrap oh, is slapping side to side. <laughs> it's pretty nasty. You guys are making for the door. And Olivia, you stop. Because you hear... On the glass. And she you spins around. You spin around and you see Vespa on the other side of the glass. Vespa! Vespa! Hi! Buddy and Jess, you make it down the stairs and you find 
Puck standing over Tully with Molotovs around him, an axe on the couch. Tully is half crying, mostly laughing, holding a gun in his hand that he's still slightly smoking. And you're hearing the sound of Orlando off in the distance. What in the stars nation of asteroid-destroying planets was that? And you hear Warwick like, In the trees! (laughs) (laughs) They've got in! They're in the trees! Emily, where are you? (laughs) Is everyone okay? Wait, what's going on here? Friendly fire? Tully, Tully, breathe. breathe. What's going on? Uh, Tully, did you punch him? Tully, what's going on? Oh, I tried to kill Tuck, yeah. What? Okay, why? What? What? Wait, wait. Can anyone have a glass of water? Yeah, let me, let me, hang on one second. I'd let really me like a glass of water. Attention murderers don't deserve water. What? Already no, I'm just going to say, Buddy has one of those, like, those wait. canisters for, no, like, bubbly water. No, he pulls out the tequila that was in his... In his... <laughs> uh, I've got liquids. Liquids? Liquids. <laughs> I'll take the tequila, thanks. That's mine now. Can somebody other than Buddy get me a glass of water, please? That'd be really great. (sighs) Right, um... I'm gonna take this gun. So, long story short, uh, I went for a walk. Jack, who is dead, but not that dead. This story is starting to sound long. It is long. Long and short is... Well, I mean, Tully, it's up to you, but Tully made a deal with Bates, and we just reneged on that deal. Yeah. Look, um, you can see, like, the... You're not quite sure whether it's a mix of fear or relief or maybe he's mad that was making him laugh before. You can see that kind of melt away, and he takes on a more serious tone. He's like... Everyone, I... And he's handed you the gun, by the way. Thank you. I'm so... I'm... So sorry. Uh, I... I couldn't handle it. I get it. From... Yeah. No, that's that's all you need to say. I I get it. I get it. Uh, no, um... There's there's another thing. Uh, it was me that shot Willow. Well, it wasn't my idea. I didn't want to, but he... He was pulling the strings, but I... Uh, I killed her, so... You need to know that. What do you mean, Tully? In the hospital... Um, I guess, I guess Bates had decided she knew too much, and so he sent me after her. Well, you all remember, I went up the stairs to go and find her, um, and I did. I found her in Weaver's room with her folder of information, and uh, before I knew it, I pulled out that revolver she gave me. That's that one you have now. Jess is unloading it, by the way. Yeah, that's what that ammunition's for that you found. Liv. Liv's not there. Liv's not here. Liv's not there. 
If, is entertaining. If so. she was here, the ammunition she found is the one from the gun. Well, technically, Jess found it and then gave it to Liv. Yeah, so he placed that. That, yeah. that one, you remember she gave that to me in the hardware store. And uh, before I knew it, I had used that and um, she was lying on the floor. So I had taken Tuck's lighter and I burnt her notes because I couldn't let you all have those. And then I uh, created an alibi for myself. Jess is going to walk up, slap you in the face, and then bring you in for a hug. Yep. (laughs) Hang on. When I found you upstairs, bleeding out. Yeah. Can you explain? I'm... (laughs) It's not... Um, hospitals have a lot of sharp things. You faked it. Well, I mean, I don't know if faked it's the right word. Oh, no, it was real. It's I self-inflicted. I am in a lot of pain. Well, no, but I'm I saying you faked an attack on yourself. Yeah, no, I, the personas, I don't know if you noticed, they never went for me. They left me alone the whole time. because. And he hasn't been opening doors, and he's sicker when he's inside here. And someone had my lighter, which I want back, by the way. Yeah, what pocket did I put that? Oh, here we go. There you go. Thanks. Is it all good now? Uh, well, Tuck's still alive. That's a start? Yep. So uh, you'll have to ask him what happened. Something about walking, and then Uh, he... Look, this shouldn't sound any weirder than everything else that's going on, but I think... That's not the problem I have. I'm just confused that this is very out of nowhere. I don't think it's that confusing, really. I mean, Bates has some kind of power. He puts people under his control, but they've got to agree to it. Tully agreed to it, and Bates made him kill Willow and nearly kill himself in the hospital to cover it up. And then when I found out, we had a conversation. I had some kind of -of out-of-body experience in which Jack told me a bunch of confusing stuff and I opened a curtain and there were a lot of horses and then everything turned black. And then I found Tully again and he was um, like a marionette with all the ropes and stuff. And so I headbutted him a bunch until he remembered how good life can be and then we broke the ropes. So now he doesn't have the bait stuff anymore. Because he broke the ropes. So he cancelled the contract. Well, I mean, Willow's still dead. Well, a lot of people are still dead, Tuck. Yeah, I really need, I think, um, probably a hug, some brownies, and a nap. I can get you two she of those like things. She goes a little too Tally, low, like tackle hugs. Tally walks over and gives you a hug. Yeah, but he's going to do the big thing that tall people do and just wrap everyone in. <laughs> Jess's hair like it's like, squirrel. I mean, like, dye drips down Suddenly pull neck. out a brownie and start feeding Tuck. I maybe. I mean, okay, look, I'm trying to be more emotionally available and stuff, but this feels like a lot. Yep. Where is okay? Tully. Wait, what? T- ah. <laughs> yes. Look. Thanks. Least I could do. I'm serious about what I told you, though. If, some, if something goes wrong with me, he points at the gun. 
Don't hesitate. I won't. Where is Liv? We cut upstairs. Uh, Olivia, this is a few minutes prior. Uh, your friends have just run off. You can hear them going down the stairs and you are standing face to face with Vespa. Now, if you remember, Vespa is a small humanoid-like creature. There's not many defining features and he's standing on the other side of the window. It's like tap scratching out like a cat. Oh, my... <laughs> Ves, um... Sorry, there was a very loud bang. I should probably go fix. But, but how are you doing? What's what's going on? I have returned. Uh, but you you I'm need allowed to... out. You're allowed out. Yes, he sent me here. Where's Weaver? He's around. Uh... Let me go and talk to you. <laughs> we can't outside. Weaver's like pressed up against the wall outside of the window. I'm still holding like oh. the computer. Oh jeez, I hope they don't see me. Um, Liv walks towards the window, opens the window, lets him in, closes the window. Yeah, it's probably a good idea. Ah, he starts, like, smoke starts to come off of him as he's in the building. He's like, put me out, put me oh, out! Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry! She opens the window, puts him back out, closes ah. the window again. Ah. You close the window on him again? Yeah. I'll talk through the glass, it's all right. What? All right. I said I'll talk through the glass! It's cheap glass, it's single glaze. Mm. Oh, Lando. <laughs> so, so what are you doing here, Vess? Uh, I was sent to ask why you're still here. Oh. You were told, we were told you to leave. Yeah, and then we kind of got trapped by Tear. And then a mob of, like, pumpkinhead guys. And there's there's been a whole lot that you've missed, Vess. Oh, no, I've seen it. What? I've been, I've been around. You're really enjoying your freedom, aren't yes, you? It's good. It's good. I um, I I blew up a camera. It's pretty good. I did think that. Yeah. So so you you blew up the camera for Weaver because I'm imagining that he had to get past Orlando's security systems. Does live Orlando? Orlando security systems. She's guessing Weaver's escaped, considering right. that Vesper is out. Right. Sorry. Yep. Orlando's security systems was a crossbow at the end of a hall with a string attached to it and a flamethrower. What uh, works against darks? <laughs> Unwanted darks. And gnomes. And gnomes. Um, yeah, it was more uh, Weaver didn't really want to deal with Emily. So once he had, he, had, uh, he got me to take out his, like, the, the painkillers and all that so he wasn't getting messing with his head anymore so he was able to... He's he's pretty powerful. Like it wasn't that hard to get out. It was more the the drugs and the fact he wasn't in a stable condition before. So, ah, yes. Okay. But um, he's sent me to ask you why you're still here. You could leave. You could have left before now. Look, I don't really know what the plan is. I don't make plans. But I'm talking I about execute. you individually. You could have left. There were cars around. There are still buses, lights up stuff. You could leave. You could I, have left, at least. I can't leave my friends. They won't leave with me. Why won't they? They're fighters. They are not inclined towards self-preservation. That's just not their nature. But what... Not to be mean or anything, but your city is lying in dust. There's not much to fight for. 
I'm here to fight for them. I don't care what they're fighting for. I'm here to fight for them. So you're fighting for them who are fighting for a town that doesn't really exist anymore. Look, I don't know what the gist is. I haven't had a heart-to-heart with too many of the people. They have only just barely started letting me in to their internal worlds. Mm. I'm trying to figure it out as much as you are. And I wish I could bring you inside, because then at least I could introduce you to everyone. But I'll burn. I know. Can you, oh, can you meet me downstairs? I really need to find out what the heck that sound was. You probably wouldn't be too keen on me doing that. i got to stay generally with him while he wants me to do. I am a persona, after all. I, uh, nobody's going to believe me when I tell them about, like, small, smoky guy. That's... Yeah. Yeah. You could, so, you bring us up there. Can can you can you stay here? It's like like shrugs a little bit. Go down and see your friends. You still gonna be here though, Vess? No. Am I ever gonna see you again, Vess? <laughs> like shrugs a lot again and it's like a full body motion for him it's not just the shoulders it's the arms and the head goes to one side it's like eh. the knees bend as well not like this he gets like a triple chin because he pushes his face back cussy vibes yeah. not like this hmm alright is Weaver a danger to us are you on Bates' side no you sure? I was smelt. about five seconds ago. He, he could feel things in that room. But if you're not, no. And the what? fact of the matter is he's not in a great condition, but he's in a good enough condition. But he can't fight this all on his own. So he needs us to fight for him. No, if you're fighters, he just needs you to fight. Hmm. Although it would be good to get that Emily lady on board, but I don't think that's going to happen. Has he considered having a conversation with her? (laughs) Yeah, but he had all of that machine stuff. Oh, he didn't take the computer with him. <laughs> so, so I think you need to describe that. I'm movement. holding my own chin and moving it. I'm not in the lab anymore. That's really mean, Vesper, but okay, I get your point. I think it's pretty obvious. <laughs> I'm sorry to be sassy, but I think it's pretty clear. <laughs> this is way my best. It's my body too, you know. <laughs> yeah, but he could talk through you, couldn't he? That's the goal. Yeah. Give you a thumbs up. <laughs> he like jumps off, but like, yeah, he jumps off and then starts to slowly descend out because he has no weight. And I was like, "Go talk to your friends." Okay, I'm gonna miss you, Vess. And he disappears in the wind. Mm, traumatizing like every you, time. I feel like he could say something like, "This I isn't a real you relationship. You're just projecting on me." <laughs> <laughs> We've spoken twice. Uh, I mean, hey, I he's get it. literally You're in love a projection. With me, all right. <laughs> you guys are in your group hug as Olivia comes down, and she's like, oh, oh, "What is this?" Excuse me. 
live. Come well, in. Bring okay. it in. Okay, fine. It's not what you think. I mean, it is, but it's not. Uh, you mind explaining? I feel we like, cut forwards I ten feel minutes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Jess is going to wash her beginning. hair at this time. Start the beginning of the explanation. And then we ended up here in this hug position where you found this. Hmm. Buddy, that's enough brownie. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know, Tuck, the, these are special brownies. He makes air quotes. Well, yeah, cool, whatever. Look, um, I just need to make it very clear. Anything that I said previously was a lie. So I, I'm, I, was, I was advocating to listen to Bates to trust him. I hated Weaver. I just need to make that really clear because... Oh, yeah, speaking of Weaver. They were not my opinions. Um, I just had a little visit from Smoky White Friend. Um, Smoky White Friend? Tell <laughs> <laughs> totally, like, coughs Do you mean, is that one of those? <laughs> is that one of those little river band cover band things? <laughs> I'm sorry? So, does this person have a name? Yeah, Vespa. A motorcycle? <laughs> <laughs> is that a, like a tire brand? No, she's mentioned Vespa before. Mm. We've yeah. poked fun at her already. Yeah, Vespa. still a stupid name. Oh, I know. the persona, the... Yeah, the Weaver's persona, okay. the, the uncorrupted one, the small little childlike one. Um, yeah. He came up to the window. He can't come into the house, by the way. Um, okay. Noted. Wait, why Sorry. not? Yeah. I, I don't know. He just Same seemed to look sick. like he was I burning. I got sick when I was in here. It's The, the walls are wards against things like... Bates and Weaver. That's why I couldn't open the doors. That's why I always felt sick when I was in here. I wasn't supposed to be in here, but I could come in if I got invited. Like a vampire. Sure, yeah, if Wait, that's what you want to call me. Did we did we need to did we when did we invite you in? You open the door for me every time. Does that count as an invite? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I had a visit from Vespa. Essentially, Weaver wants to try and get Emily on board, um, so that we can all try and fight Bates. You hear the sound of a revving engine. Uh, should good. we be concerned about that? Does anyone? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Tuck, didn't you link up all the cars? Uh, not all of them. Just as many as I could, kind of. Make a barricade um, out of buddy. Oh, can you alone, roll you? for me? I can. Yes. That's a nine. Okay. You're still kind of having everyone like people are starting to break from the hub. You're still like, yeah. No, this is good. This is this nice. Is when you hear the revving, just something instinctual in your mind clicks over, and you pull everyone to the side, out of the way of the front door, as a huge truck. Bigger than like an F1 truck, like a ram, smashes through the door, breaking the seal, and smashes through the reception area and into the kitchen and comes to a stop there. It is only moments from morning, but you start to see people coming in through the front door. You hear the sound of Tear mobilising in another room. You hear the sound of Ben Mears jumping downstairs from above. You hear War- like Warwick shouting. You hear all this stuff as figures start to come into the house. Tully grabs the gun off you, Jess, and the ammunition that you took out and furiously starts reloading it. Okay. And he's like, 
Everyone behind me now, leave. Get out of here, up the back. Liv runs upstairs to go grab the extra guns that she okay. left on the bed. Uh, Liv, you are crossing over the path of this destruction, and uh, Buddy, you knocked over Tuck and Jess in the process of moving them out of the way. You're starting to get up now. Tuck is looking at you again, like, "Why are you always stopping me from fighting?" <laughs> and he's like, "I'm not. He's not, not now, Tuck." Um, t- uh, Tully, you've got the the gun like in, like towards your stomach yeah, as you're loading I'm it. To load it. Liv, as you are crossing over one of them jumps at you and grabs you around the legs and you fall forwards onto the steps. You're hearing the sound of Ben Mears above you, jumping steps after step after step, but he doesn't seem to be far enough away. You turn around as one of these things is fully on top of you now. You see is Mabel Goss. She is above you Ooh. and there is something different with her hands, strange with her hands. They are larger, they are, the nails are long, the hair on them is darker as they are reaching for your throat and then a hand is grasped on the back of it. A hand grasps her by the back of the head. A pure, glowing white hand. And it throws her bodily back so far up that she smashes into the ceiling. And as she's falling down, there is a sink as Weaver cuts her in half behind you. And you see a fully-sized, human-sized Vesper standing in front of you. A full proper persona standing in front of you with Weaver behind him. Oh, you're awesome. You you're great. <laughs> is he, like, armoured? No, he is. He doesn't even have a proper form. He has no face, nothing. He is just the human form shape. And there are more of them coming through the door. And Weaver is now starting to spin the, the sword, like, in his palm. It's almost like he's not holding it. He's spinning it, and Vesper joins him by the other side. Weaver turns to you and grabs you by the wrist and pulls you up. And in the process of Mabel getting on top of you, you pulled one of your knives from your, like, jacket to try and defend yourself. He looks at it, grabs it by the blade. His hand starts to bleed as he pulls it out of your hand, chucks it away and says, That's not a knife. This is a knife. <laughs> and, he, and he hands you a duplicate, newer and more freshly made, but still rather old, of the knife you saw in the Mercy's Creek town hall. The blade of a hunter. Yes! Dark Tides and the ever-pleasant Mr. Bates are brought to you by our one and only patron supporters. We don't do ads here. We don't do nothing here. It's all Patreon stuff. It's amazing. We don't go around telling you to buy a couch or buy a uh, a razor or anything like that because we are supported by our audience and they are amazing people. And if you would like to support us as well, you can head over to patreon.com slash darktides to pick from a bunch of different tiers a bunch of different prices so it works for just about anyone but these are the amazing people who support us so far we have Emma Everly Adorable Nico Faye Sarah Kevin Zach Leah 
Stormkey, Jake, Stephanie, Kira, Colin, Stefan, Nathaniel, Undercoming Arts, Number 27, Schnacky Boy, Flower, Addie, Jewelator, Red Panda, Lexi, David, Mikal, Glennis, Jackson, Spixy, and Angela. These people bring the show to you and they also talk to us and tell us how much they dislike something or like something or tell us that a particular character is meme-worthy on our wonderful Discord, which you can also check out as a patron. It is a fun time, the memes are exquisite, and the creepy pottery photos are even better. Uh, But yes, this show is brought to you by them and thank you so much for your incredible support. We will see you again in two weeks for episode 10. Yeah.